medicine properly. Kanye, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm great. How's the... What, what day are we? Day 71? Oh my gosh. I haven't even been counting. But, uh, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> how's how's that going for you? just take one day at a time. How, how's that I'm going for you? Right. Don't lie. I mean, it's going all right. I mean, I've been eating the whole fridge. Um, yeah. But, it's, you know, what else can you do? <laughs> Are you How's happy? it going for you? Everything is fine on my end. I must admit, I'm a bit happier that the bottle stores are, are open. Um, it keeps oh, me sane yeah. just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. it makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. So, for people who don't know who Kanye Mlaba is, um, I'll give a brief summary. So, she started off as a digital editor for Joburg Style and Newbin Bright, where she ran both websites and, and all their uh, social media platforms. She went on to work at Hello Joburg magazine and eventually found herself at Caxton's Garden Hill magazine. She's been, pu- she's, she's, published, uh, she's been published in the Sunday Times and Times Live. And she's also produced content for Express on SABC3. Now, the reason why I thought it was very necessary to say all this, because I think that you've achieved quite a lot in such a short period of time. And uh, oh, wow. you may not see that, but I think you have, because whether we like it or not, journalism and you know, the industry as a whole is a cutthroat business. Um, it's a very competitive business. And I just find that yeah. you've, man- you've managed to maneuver around this. So let's start, let's start with your journey from Rhodes University before we get to how you, get, how you got to digital editing. Let's talk about your journey. Okay. Um, Rhodes University, you're fresh into university, break the ice from there. Okay, so from the beginning, from maybe when I was 15, like grade nine, I knew that I wanted to do journalism. Okay. So obviously, when you know that you want to do something, you look for the best place to do it. And obviously, that ended up being Rhodes University. So my entire high school career was just about me getting into Rhodes University and studying journalism at Rhodes. And there was no other option. Um, I'm one of those very lucky people who didn't have to question what they wanted to do in their life or in their career, who didn't know what they wanted to do. So I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew that I had to get a scholarship to get to Rhodes. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I worked hard and I got myself there and I, you know, did my uh, journalism, do- well, I did a triple major, triple major degree in journalism, philosophy and French because I couldn't give up French. Okay. Oh, and, French, French, French comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> I studied French in high school. So when I studied it, I realized that actually I really like this language. And there's loads of African countries who were colonized by the French and have the French speaking language there as a national language. So I figured it would help me with my travel. But also, if my journalism takes me to anywhere else in Africa, I would have that language to back me up. So yeah. it was a strategic plan, but also I just really like the language. Like it was, it's just such a fun language to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Considering, considering how, cause I mean, I would imagine that Rose university is like the hub of creatives. Um, mm. And I mean, there's so many people there. Surely I don't think from, you know, your, your, your introduction into, you know, into the university and then going into digital Mm. media, surely um, that's, you know, that, that those surroundings propelled you into going to digital editing. Surely somebody influenced you, were there a lot of influences there or were you like, okay, listen, we're obviously going, we're getting to the 21st century and I might as well go into the digital editing direction. How did that go go about? So, 
I want to just, you know, clarify that the journalism at Rhodes University is really focused on letting you know what it's like to work in a newsroom. And so when you, when you study at Rhodes, you know what it's like to work in a newsroom, you know what it's like to write news and to break off into a different beat, like fashion or, um, I don't know, lifestyle, something along those lines. And you have to do most of that work yourself because they're just teaching you how to be a good journalist, how to do the research and how to, how to basically approach any story that comes your way. And I'm grateful for that. So becoming a digital editor came with the fact that obviously it's the end of my years, 2016. It was the end of my degree. And I realized I have no idea where I'm going. And it was a panic moment I don't because I'd planned my whole life. Like I said, from grade nine, I knew I wanted to go to Rhodes. So to not know where I was going next was like really scary. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. So, so, so the idea that, I'm getting, yeah. the idea I'm getting is that mm-hmm. you wanted to be in the journalism field, but you didn't know exactly what to do within the journalism field. Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Because okay. the problem is I could do a lot of things. And that's the nice thing about studying um, journalism at Rhodes. You learn to do a lot of things. You learn photography, you learn videography, you learn all these. You, I mean, by second year, you know how to edit audio. Um, yeah. but the thing is because I could do a lot of things, I didn't know what one specific thing I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And by the end of my years at Rhodes, I had to like look within myself and like apply to all these jobs that I didn't know I was going to get. And I was just so confused and so lost as I predict literally every university student is like at the end of like their career, their university career. Mm. And so I came across Joburg Styles website at the time. Um, I remember Joburg Style because they distributed um, some magazines to a coffee shop that I used to go to when I used to stay in Marvel. And when I, you know, when I remembered their website, I went onto their website and I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really terrible. <laughs> this is a bad website. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I was like, the content is really good. It's like, a, it's, I mean, you know, but it could be structured better. There's a lot that could happen here. It has so much potential. There's so much good photography that they have. Um, and compared to the magazine, the website, the magazine is light years away from the website. The website looks like it was, well, looked like it was made in 2000 and, I don't know, 2001. The advent, so, of, the advent of the internet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. When people didn't know that the internet was going to be taking people's jobs. So, um, so what I did that night, I, well, because I just happened to be on the website, so I sent an email to info at joburgstyle.co.za and I said, hi, my name is Kagni and um, I've just been on your website and I have a few ideas. So I just you know, jotted down the ideas in the email and I said, if you ever need help with this, let me know. It wasn't a job application. It was just me saying, if you need help, I can definitely help, but I can also refer you to other people who can help because your website could be a lot better. But surely, yep. surely they had, uh, you know, they, they need somebody with some sort of experience and um, surely had some sort of experience. You couldn't just jump into the, into, you know, into um, fit going into their websites and managing their social media. Surely they needed something they can reference into. I know. Actually, that's a very good question. I, yeah. I don't know how to speak on their behalf. Okay. Um, I think it must have been because I was just this 22-year-old confident human who just, you know, decided to send them an email that they actually the next day they asked me to, you know, if I was free for an interview the following week. Yeah. So um, I think it was meeting me that changed the game. And I definitely have to say this about the media industry. Your confidence is 
everything. Mm-hmm. You have to be so confident in your skills. You have to be so confident in wherever it is that you want to go that people will, okay, they'll understand that you don't have experience, but they'll give you that chance because you had that confidence. So I went into that meeting and I had that confidence and I said to them, I can drop a, a strategic plan for you guys um, without you paying me or anything. And so the edits or the managing editor back then, Eric Bornman, he said that, you know what, create the strategy, do the whole thing. And if it's good, we'll hire you. If it's not, we'll keep the strategy and work on it. And I was like, that sounds fair, like a fair deal to me. <laughs> so yeah, man. <laughs> basically that's what happened. I did the strategy, they hired me. And um, they also had the brand Nubian Bride and they didn't have a digital editor for there. So I ended up doing work for both Nubian Bride and Jobic Style. So that's how I ended up in that realm. I didn't plan to go to digital editing. I didn't plan to go into the digital um, space, but I found myself there just because I guess I was confident and I was desperate for a job. For the, for the people that don't know, what does, what is, because um, I imagine Nubian Bride is, as it says, you know, it's, it involves weddings and, um, you know, brides wear, but what does Joburg style focuses on? What were they mere focus? What, what was it lifestyle? What, what, was they more, what were they more focused on at the time? Uh, it was definitely lifestyle. It's a okay. lifestyle brand that really focuses on the highlights of Joburg. It yeah. focuses on, it's kind of like a directory, but in the most luxurious way. You know, you, you, you see where your favorite celebrities like to eat, but also like where you can you can have like a very expensive feeling dinner, but on a budget. And it's, it's that kind of feel that's kind of bridging the Joburg dream to the Joburg average person. Mm. So yeah, I think that's basically how you describe Joburg style. And it's also like that, that thing where it's, if an international person is coming to um, Joburg, what can they do? They can pick up Joburg style and see all the events that are happening and see all the restaurants that they can go to. So it, it's a directory in that form, but it's also a space. Well, it was also a space for, um, people in Joburg to see, you know, great places that they can go to, to change up like their everyday or their weekend plans or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this, uh, you know, your experience at uh, Joburg style, do you think this is why you got into um, Hello Joburg magazine eventually? Well, that's a funny Because I would imagine, I would imagine, I would imagine Hello, Hello Joburg magazine merely focuses on more, more or less the same type of content in regards to lifestyle. Oh, definitely. They're competitors. Hello Joburg and Joburg Style are competitors. Um, So the the reason I moved to Hello Joburg was because of a retrenchment process. Uh, Because I was the last one hired. I was the last one in. I was the first one out. And um, to this day, Joburg Style has has been facing some financial difficulties and some ownership difficulties. And so I had to be retrenched. So I obviously had to move really, really quickly. And this is one, another thing I'll tell everyone who wants to go into media, keep your connections. Because I got my job at, at Hello Joburg by knowing which people to talk to and which people to ask what's going on. Like, where is there space for me to get another job or, you know, something else I can do. And so luckily, I actually knew the um, beauty and lifestyle e- editor of um, Hello Joburg. And she said, you know what, it's just... You know, call call up Justin, who is the managing editor there, the managing director at Hello Joburg, and just see if you can get an interview. And that's how that happened. And it was, you know, help. I got help from getting, you know, recommendation letter from Joburg Style, which was very, you know, very lovely of them. Um, and that is very that key. I had experience. 
Recommendation yeah. letters oh, are very key. I don't think people actually acknowledge the importance of those. Yeah, 100%. They're so important because that yeah. shows that you were able to build a good relationship in the space that you were in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree. It's definitely key. And yeah, so that's how I ended up at Hello Joburg. And it definitely helped that I worked at Joburg Style first because they have similar similarities um, mm-hmm. in the content that they produce. Yeah. But would, so Hello Joburg would be more broader, broader in a sense. Hello Joburg, yeah. I think... Absolutely. I think it's definitely more broader and it also, um, it's also freely available. Whereas Joburg Style is a magazine that you had to purchase. So Joburg Style, um, Hello Joburg is one that is a directory that you can find at every restaurant, at every um, airport, at every, like every corner of Joburg you can find it because it's mainly a directory and all the extra luxurious things you'll find just because they're there. Whereas Joburg Style prioritized like the luxury of Joburg. It's fascinating. So that, that was the difference. Yeah. That is so fascinating. All right. So from you know from uh, Hello Joburg mag- Hello Joburg magazine, you went into uh, you went into Garden Home magazine. Now I feel like this was a game changer because <laughs> you you one because you know Joburg Hello Joburg magazine merely focuses on what whatever is happening in Joburg, but Garden Home magazine mm. is one focused on the national sphere. But two, mm, the mm. content is slightly different. And Not even all, slightly. Yeah. Just entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about that. I was looking for a bit more stability. The problem with working in creative spaces is that you, especially as a young black creative, and young and black are keywords there, people want to take you for a ride because they, don't, they think that you don't know what you're worth. Um, and so I was, I was earning quite a little bit um, at Hello Joburg and I decided, okay, I really need to figure out because I can't make a future for myself here. I can't grow here. Um, there's only so much I can do. And I am quite frankly not earning the salary that I think I deserve. So I had to try and look for something better for myself. And that's the problem with working as yes. Do you think it's important? It's, do you think it's important to know your worth? at that you know at that time of your career and know how much you should be earning or do you did you exactly did you already benchmark yourself with other people in the industry and like no 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 my this is not my salary i can't cut it like this Mm, i think definitely it's important to know your worth and i learned that because i went to garden and home uh, I was obviously, do, I was digital, I was doing do, digital editing and content creating at Hello Joburg. And when I got the call asking if I could, you know, do digital editing at Garden and Home or like, you know, do my final interviews there, I went and I spoke to the human resources at Caxton Magazines. And I told her what my, you know, my current salary is. And I told her the very, I like shamelessly told her this very low number that I was expecting to get from Caxton. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she, can't, she actually laughed like you're laughing now. Like she laughed at me and she was like, okay. She took out my CV and she took out a pen and she was like, okay, this experience, this experience and this experience means that you are not worth a lot of money. But this skill and this skill and what this skill. What a frank way. Skill. She said it like that. I know, she just. I promise you. She okay. said it. And <laughs> it was so important for me to hear 100%. And she said, You cannot say that you are not worth a lot of money because you have a lot of skills that journalists who have been in the industry for years do not have. So 
you are not worth the money that you are telling me are worth. But but worth isn't that isn't that, that isn't that the, the 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 core problem here? Because she's saying that people who have been experienced, but I also feel that if you know your worth as a person, because. A lot of people have this have this idea that okay, fine. I've been in the industry for so long, and that means mm. that the longer I've been there, um, the more money I can, I can, you know, I should be, I should be getting. However, your impact as Kanyam Laba could be, you know, could be more impactful than somebody that's been there for twenty years. You know, so yeah, I think definitely. perhaps people need to draw that difference. Do, do you agree? I agree. I think, you know what the difference is? The difference yeah. is someone who is comfortable in the industry for too long mm-hmm. and um, compared to someone who is continuously learning in the industry. So the people that tend to grow a lot that I've witnessed, from my opinion, the people who tend to grow and get that success and get that, you know, like getting further in the industry are the people who don't stop learning. The people who Yes, I am a, let's say I'm a sub-editor, but I really want to study to be a photographer and I want to open up my skills so that I can at least have that in case they need a photographer or it's my passion and it would be nice to make that part of my life. If you get the job that you've been dreaming of and you stay there, that is when you stop. Like that is where you cap your value. That is where you're just like, this is what I'm worth and this is, you know, and expecting... Um, expecting a company to recognize that, you know, you've been there for 25 years and you deserve a 10,000 rand raise yeah. isn't fair to the company because what more are you bringing to the company? And I, I get it. Like the, it, technically in the way that businesses were built back in the day, it makes sense that, you know, the longer you've been there, the bigger the raise, because we, we admire your loyalty and loyalty is huge. Like in, in um, the old publishing business, but the fact of the matter is that the media industry is constantly changing. And if you have nothing new to offer, you're not really, you're not really going to extend your value. You're not really going to increase that value. And ultimately these people, like you said, who've been there for so long, just can't break the monotony because Mm. um, they're in this organization. They're inclined to the organization's views. And unfortunately they can't leave that. They can't escape that realm of thinking. And um, I think you've hit the nail right there that when, you've, when, you're into, when you're in a place for so long, unfortunately, that's all you're inclined to. Um, I think you don't just see it in just editing and print. I think you see it in all, in all um, industries of media. So it's, it's quite fascinating. Mm, yeah. All right. So Garden Home that's Magazine. Garden Home Magazine, um, I, like I said, because it's, you know, it's national sphere. But I also feel that, and which you've stated earlier, that you're young and black that Garden Home Magazine has a very, although it's national, but it also has a very niche audience. And when I mean niche audience, mm-hmm. a very, um, a very, let's say, I'm trying to think of the words, a very rich audience, but also a very, yes. an, you know, a very rich audience, a very old, I would imagine old white audience. But, but yeah. I also feel that your inclusion kind of meant that you have to, um, you know, diversify their audience. In a very strategic yeah, to broaden way. that audience. And yeah. because you've yeah, been definitely. emphasizing that, you know, um, they, you know, they have always dwelled on being young and black. Maybe, what, do you think that was your role when you got into Garden Home Magazine? To be honest, and I'm going to speak as I thought back then. Yeah. I was just happy to get a job that was going to understand that I could do a lot more for them. So I wasn't even thinking of, you know, the biggest scope of my role as being, you know, a, black, a young black woman and what that could do for the brand. I was just thinking, I can do this job. So why not me? But 
in the fact that the audience, um, learning the audience was, was definitely like a long journey. <laughs> it was a lot of fun because, you know, I, got, I definitely got there in the end. But it was a long journey because before you can bring in a new audience, you need to understand the audience that you're currently working with. And so, as you said, the audience for Garden and Home is, you know, a lot older, you know, from 45 to 65. Um, and they're a lot more affluent. They have a lot more money. They're definitely more educated. And on top of that, they're certainly more white. And I'm none of those things, you know? So I had to try and broaden my, my view and see what, okay, what it is about, you know, this audience that is attracted to gardening and, you know, interior design and lifestyle and what I can do to, you know, attract new people to that. How can I bring like a younger, fresher voice to that, but also maintain the loyalty that came with the original audience? Because that loyalty is to die for. Like you can't get, I mean, that's why a lot of newer magazines struggle is because of the loyalty um, that older magazines have built. You know, people have been buying Garden, Garden and Home magazine from since 1977 and they'll send us emails and be like, I've had every single copy since, you know, and I've been sharing it with my daughters and my grandchildren and such and such. But that's a loyalty that is very rare to find these days. So having to manage that loyalty and also bring in a new audience is definitely a balance that I had to try and figure out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing of listening because you as an editor or you as a writer or you as a digital editor, you have to listen to your audience. And that's like number one. You have to know what your audience wants. Um, and if you are bringing in a new audience, what are they expecting from you? But then also you have to balance that with what can you do? What resources do you have that can bring you to that point where you can find a balance? Not balance is impossible to find, but what, how can you best get that close to it? How can you get like as close as you can to it? Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was the crux of my job at Garden and Home for the first like year. I must but admit, it, it, it's, it's a fun journey. I, mm-hmm. I must admit that Garden and Home, I mean, well, in the, with the addition of Garden and Home, the magazines or just even the newspapers at Caxton, for some reason I've noticed they've really got a loyal, a very loyal, but niche market of, um, of audiences, you know, mm-hmm. um, each, and I've just, it just hit me now once you're, once you're talking, cause I mean, there's got it at home. I can go, I can go through the list, which I eventually will. But I think this mm-hmm. is quite important because for you to break that monotony, um, must've been really hard. And, like you've stated that, you know, you just needed, well, I don't want to say you just needed a job, but you were quite excited and anxious about, you know, what's, um, what the step ahead, the step ahead of you. Um, mm-hmm. But also, also, I still think that it was very important for you to bring a new perspective, not entirely change the realm, change the entire audience, but also expand, expand their audience. And, Mm. which could be extremely difficult because doing that means new content, different content rather, and, but mm. still trying to maintain that audience. And I don't think many people get that right, especially from a very young age. Yeah, no, it's, it's also a lot more difficult when, you've had, when you're working with a team that only caters to that audience. Mm. Um, and I, I respect my team so much and I'm so grateful for them because they were so open to new ideas that I had. And, um, but I will say, if you are trying, if you are in the media industry and you are trying to do any changes to a certain platform or a certain space, make those numbers first. Go in and do an excellent job at what they were doing first and then come in with your changes. Because if you come in with your changes and you haven't proven that you can do an amazing job at what they've already got, 
then they're not going to trust you because yeah. they already trust their old systems. So they trust in these old systems and that's what's gotten them by so far. But if you don't conquer those, they're going to question everything that you have to say. And I had to learn that the hard way because I started, you know, with all these ideas that I had. And I was like, we should do this and we should do that. But no one really took me seriously until I started making those numbers. I started hitting those targets. And that's when I started being like, okay, let me focus on this. Let me focus on getting these numbers right. And then I will come in with these new ideas. And that, that worked really well for me um, because a lot of the time, especially in an industry like publishing, you will find a lot of older people who are used to, who are used to a lot of older um, systems um, and have to be introduced to certain things in a learning manner instead of just throwing it in their face and being like, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So as much as you are there to learn, you're also there to teach what you have to teach. Um, and that's one thing that I think people need to realize that, yes, you might be a young person, but you do have things to teach. Um, and young people also need to realize that you have things to learn. So it's that balance of like give and take um, that definitely helps in the success of balancing or like uh, getting to know the audience and balancing that target audience um, and changing it a little bit and changing things up a little bit is getting to understand the old systems, doing really well at those old systems and then bringing in your new systems. Hectic. I think you've just hit, you hit, you hit everything on the nail, I must admit. And um, it's, 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 it's quite true. I think a lot of young people in the media industry aren't willing to learn. But I also think it's also a matter of egos. And um, it's mm. just a matter of ignorance where a lot of young people do get into, into the industry. I mean, besides not just um, um, media and print, I mean, not just print, but just media as a whole. Um, I think with this, 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 this new notion of because I'm young and black, I should already impose my ideas and try change the world in such a drastic, ma- in such a drastic manner. And ultimately, you don't, you don't understand the, you know, the, the consequences. And it's, it's, mm. it's quite unfortunate. And I'm really happy that you hit the nail. All right. So in the beginning of May, right? Caxton, yeah. I think that was the biggest news of, the, still the biggest media news of the year. <laughs> well, particularly in print yeah. media. In the beginning of May, um, Caxton pulled the plug on all their household mm. magazines. All their yes. household magazines. Yes. And the list is endless. People Magazine, Bona Magazine, Country Life, Essentials, Food and Home, and obvious, uh, obvi- quite obviously, Garden and Home Magazine. And uh, yes. I was asked this question a month ago um, mm-hmm. by somebody I know. And he asked this question that, do you think that, you know, the introduction of podcasting would kill radio? And I was like, no, because radio has lived through the times. Um, you know, when there was television, people thought radio would die. It never died. It's still in the mm. picture. You know, the introduction of the internet, it's still there. You know, podcasting is now the in thing. It's still in yes. the picture, but I think because mm. radio has managed to maneuver around the digital wave. Now, the reason mm. why I'm asking you this question because you obviously work at Caxton, and you know that you know all these magazines uh, are now out of out of you know out of the picture. Do you think mm. that print will you know out live for another another number of years or another a number of decades? Print. Well, I. <laughs> I need to emphasize um, it. Print. I don't. <laughs> I've been like since the beginning. Since I chose journalism as a career, people have been asking me this question. They're like, "But where are you going to find a job? Because print is dying." And then you know, I moved into the digital space, and people were like, "Oh, that's a good decision because print is dying." And I don't think it's dying. 
I think it needs a lot of help. And I think there's a lot of people who can help Prince. And I think, I'm not sure what, what way it's going to change. It might change completely. Yeah. Like, in, it might change entirely to, to become just a novelty where you're only buying your magazines once a year, where you're only buying, you know, but like, if you look at book sales, um, but like, I'm not, I can't tell you numbers because I actually don't, you know, I don't analyze what, you know, book sales look like. But if you look at how many people are still buying books, when they said that books were going to become obsolete and people were just going to be using Kindles and tablets and which they are using, but people love the novelty idea of having a book, the feeling of having the book, you know, of flipping through the pages. And so I think that's, that might be where uh, print is going to in terms of magazines and um, newspapers where it's going to be, okay, I don't think newspapers because newspapers is obviously news-centered, but magazines for sure, probably it's going to be a novelty thing where it feels like a special thing to get the, the magazine because it only comes out once every three months or once a year or something. And unfortunately, that's because of not having the funds to continuously publish, it's difficult. And it really is. And sales have definitely gone down because of affordability in general. The cost of living is going up um, or continues to go up. And magazine prices have to go up. I mean, the first time I bought a magazine, it was maybe like nine rand or something. Yeah. You won't find like a good nine rand magazine. Um, like you won't find Garden and Home for nine rand. You won't like, find you know, a good or- nine rand anything. <laughs> Exactly. So that's, I think it's definitely changing and I'm excited to see how it changes. I can't predict in what way it's going to change. I feel like it might become the novelty idea where it is like a special thing that you treat yourself to um, once a year because it only comes out once a year, not because you only have the money once a year. Um, So I think that might be where it goes or it might become, I don't think it will become all digital like in the next five years but i could be wrong because i mean no one knows in the media landscape things change very quickly and i think you have to that's why i continuously say you have to learn more than what you're doing because things are constantly going to change jobs that you know existed five years ago don't exist now but five five ten years ago there was no such thing as a digital editor yeah so you have to become ready for jobs that are going to be, you know, reimagined in the next couple of years and teach yourself new things so that you can at least keep up with the ever-changing world. And learn, I think how, to, will definitely... and learn how to reinvent yourself. Exactly, exactly. And be open to having a flexible dream because, you know, I mean... Yes, our magazine company closed, but also Associated Media Publishing closed. And that's Cosmopolitan, that's House and, House and Leisure, that's Good Housekeeping. And for us, um, we had 12 magazines. So that's like, what, like 15 magazines that are just disappearing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I what think a it's, it's a, I know, it's, it's, yeah. a sad, it's a sad time right now for magazines and for the publishing industry. But I think we have to keep our heads up and, you know, recognize that, things might change. And I'm saying this because I am positive, but you know, if they don't, they might become something entirely new, something entirely different. And we have to be open to that as well. Yeah. I mean, I I must, I must admit, I also need to be very optimistic here because I think this was a step too soon from Caxton. Mm. Um, Perhaps the company's envisioned something. I don't think a big company like Caxton would make such a brave move. But I also mm. think that um, they've, like you've stated, that the, the, the idea of novelty and, you know, maybe every three months. But the reality is here, Kanye, is that 
media, you know, media change is like a moving carpet under your feet. And it's so oh, yeah. quick. It's, it's kind of like pop culture. And because the advent of the digital wave came in, everything comes at such a rapid pace. You know, whatever's trending yesterday is not really going to be trending today. And not because we mm-hmm. don't, we're not interested. It's just merely because we're exposed to so much at such a quick time. And mm-hmm. I think that perhaps Caxton has probably um, envisioned this and probably sees this. And it'd be quite interesting to see how far they go with here. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I will say that the digital space um, in our country has a very far, like a very long way to go. Yeah. Um, having worked in the digital space, you know, since the beginning of my career, um, a mere four years ago, whenever it was, but um, getting to understand how to make money digitally, companies still don't, well, people who spend money and advertise they don't quite trust digital yet. And so it's kind of just this way of easing people into understanding that you can reach a broader audience. Is this, so is this, is this because, a- is this because the, 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 the board executives are like all over 60 years old? Or is this because of another reason? <laughs> I can't tell you anything about the board. I've never met them myself. I don't know what they look like. Um, <laughs> You know, you know when, when you're, you feel like you're everything because you're the digital editor, but then there's like 50 people still above you. So. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I will say that it's, it's a thing of print used to make a lot of money, like a lot of money. Like I can't even tell you how much money print used to make where, you know, a, um, a full page ad is like 97,000 rand for one ad. Um, and you can't get the same money on digital because it's fleeting and people can do their own digital advertising and you have to stand out. Like you have to be like, this is why you have to spend at least 12,000 Rand on our ad. 12,000 Rand on an ad on like digital where you could be making 97,000 Rand with one ad in print. Absolutely. And so I think, I think that's why one, a lot of advertisers dropped out because well, a lot of advertisers have been, you know, questioning whether they should be advertising because it, it takes a lot of money to run the print industry, you know, to do from, from beginning to end. It is a lot of money to do print. So it's, it's, and it's, it's it, I th- the fact that it's so, because the idea I'm getting here is that the fact that, you know, print and kind of like CDs back in the day, because it's so, it's because it's tangible. It was by far probably the mm. most lucrative time for, um, you know, the media business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, certainly. So I think it is, it, I'm sure it was a very difficult decision for the board to come up to. I'm not going to, because I mean, I'm still affiliated with Caxton, so I can't tell you whether or not it was a good or a bad decision. Yeah. Um, especially since I don't understand the financial side of things as well as I should, I guess. But I will say that it does take a lot of money to make a magazine or to do anything in print. And so a lot of advertisers must have seen that if I can get, you know, if I can do my own advertising on my own website, why, why am I spending, you know, 95,000 Rand or whatever it is for a full page ad? Um, unless it's royalty and unless that, that company has that money to spend. So it was, it started to get difficult. I'm sure it still is difficult with other magazines to get those print ads in the first place. But the problem here is that you can't replace um, print with digital uh, in terms of the advertising space um, for magazines, because the costs for digital are so low, and people underestimated digital when they started um, c- costing digital, that they thought, oh, no one's really going to. It doesn't. It's not that serious. It's not that important. And 
from the beginning of digital, no one took digital seriously. And so that's why digital costs so little. And that's why no one's making money on digital. And it's, it's a difficult battle that I know a lot of digital strategists have. Um, and I think it's, it's something that we as Africans have to look at whether or not it's worth spending money on digital, which I personally think it is because I mean, hello, the reach, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting change in, in the publishing and um, magazine industry over the next couple of years. I, I must admit, I also feel in regards to advertising on digital spheres, I think that advertisers haven't really, um, I mean, it is still quite a new phenomenon here in South Africa in terms of the digital media space, but I still think advertisers mm-hmm. haven't really found a great way of advertising their businesses on social media or in digital spheres. Um, because at most times, if I'm on, I don't know, if I'm on social media, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I see an advert, if I see a, you know, an, uh, an advert, then it's not, it mm. nev- I never really go out to go, you know, read exactly what's going on. I'll be really, I'll be more interested in what my friend is posting um, other than what the advertising, you know, the advertisers are putting onto my, onto my Instagram. Um, do you feel the same mm. way? What, what do you make of this? I think it's, it's an interesting space. I, this is why I love digital because it's like, uh, I can't compare it to rocket science, but like it's, you're learning something new and you're discovering so much every day, like about your audiences. And it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like playing the Sims where you have to try and figure everything out. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun because there's constant discovery as to what your audience is doing, what your audience would be interested in, what your audience is going to click on. And any digital strategist or digital content creator or editor knows that a large percentage of the people that you're advertising to are not going to click on your ad. The people that you really care about are the people who do. And why do they click on your ad? And, you know, and so, so on and so forth. So, yes, there are people like us who understand, um, who understand what a digital ad is. But there are a lot of people who just see the ad and they think, oh, this looks like something that I need. And they'll click on it and they'll go and see what it's about. Um, and so I think... My biggest thing is to companies that don't yet know how to do the digital editing, I'm not digital editing, advertising. I think it is so important to work with people who can do that and to hire digital strategists and to, or even just like someone who can help you with that. You have to do that because if you were planning a wedding, the stress would be a lot harder if it was just you. And to ease that stress, you hire a wedding planner. So it's the same idea that, Yes, I am planning to advertise. I need to advertise digitally. So I need to get someone to help me do this efficiently. Yes, you can probably do it by yourself, but will it be as efficient as, as someone who's studied or who's continuously learning on this subject? And so I think that's the big thing. And um, a lot of companies are still struggling to understand that they need you know, new faces. They need to understand the digital space and they need to invest in the digital they space. They need to get with um, the times basically yeah yeah basically yeah it is i mean look i i think um the digital sphere the digital sphere right now is fertile ground and uh, mm. many people like myself have realized the importance of it and um, i think that the more 
media companies hop onto the hop onto this because the reality is the, the you know the big four media companies in South Africa still make a lot of money. Well, except uh, hmm. except the News Twenty Four, except the Media Twenty Four company, of course. But a lot of these companies still make a lot of money through their print media and particularly like hmm. newspaper because newspapers still make a lot of money in the most isolated places in South Africa. So that's the advantage hmm. of it. But the flip side is that um, the more as more years progress, uh, that means the digital sphere is a fertile ground now. And I still feel is very it's it's very very important for somebody to penetrate the market now. Although you may you may not mm-hmm. know much about it, but as time progresses, like you've stated, that you learn and you learn how to maneuver around it. And I think that's that's the beauty of it. I definitely agree. You know what the big thing is about our country and Africa as a whole is that data is still expensive. And on top of that, access to internet is still, I mean, yes, we are lucky because we have that. (laughs) We are lucky because we we get to have our internet and our data every now and then. But there are places that really struggle with data and um, even getting access to internet towers. So that is why it is important for us as Africans now to start investing in digital now because it's coming. It's coming. And the, and this, like, yes, you might think it's already here, but it's going to come in a bigger way very soon. Um, so data, as data is expensive and as people can't afford the internet yet, um, that's why you see a lot less video ads and a lot less, um, you know, things that will eat up your data in South Africa because of the fact that data is expensive and not a lot of people have access to data or have access to certain social media platforms. You have to start investing now in these things because it's going to become bigger. Um, and whether or not data comes down, which I pray it does, because it's going to, it's going to change everything. The minute data comes down, it will change everything and digital will be anybody's game. Mm. It will be a space where anybody can have business and anybody can make money. So I think everyone who's thinking of doing digital or going digital, or if you are doing digital and you're not seeing the results, keep going at it and keep working towards a space that you can be proud of. Because what's small now will be massive later. And I truly believe that. Mm. Do, do you think, because I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of derailing from our main topic here, but in regard to digital editing, do you think, um, mm, mm. do you think there's still so much space to grow, which I still think there is, but do you think that um, there would be, there's enough space for everybody to blossom in the digital editing space? I definitely think so. It's only, the problem is that you have to wait for someone to hire you so that you can become a digital editor. Um, and so if that person who has hired you recognizes the importance of your role, the importance of digital in their company, then yes, there's definitely space to grow. Um, and that's why I think, yes, I think it's important to have your job, but you must definitely start working on your own things um, or do, learning more to do something different because you never know which company is going to value you. Um, and the growth comes with that. The growth doesn't come with the fact that whether there's like, with, doesn't come with whether the, there is digital or not. The growth comes with whether the company values the role or not. Um, and so I think that's a big distinction there because a lot of companies, they take it lightly. They take digital very lightly and they think that word of mouth is very, is more important than digital, which word of mouth is very important. I, I'm not going to, you know, sideline that, but I'm saying that digital is 
almost as important as word of, of so mouth because your, of your the digital time. presence. Your so what you're trying to say is that your digital presence is extremely important in this regard. Yes, definitely. And, uh, That's exactly what I'm saying. Because uh, let's not count this out, Kanye. You, you before I don't know when you when when you um and as funny as this sounds, you wrote quite a lot on your blogs, right? And yes, yeah. that kind of gave you that digital presence. And, um, yeah. you know, even before I knew you, I knew that I knew, I actually knew your, your, your blogs and how it reached me in only the world knows that, but I do know that <laughs> you, you know, you had your blogs and kind of, that kind of gives me the sense that those are one of the reasons why you're in this position today, because not only that you had a good digital presence, but from an early age, you knew how to, you know, you know write really well you know what type of content what what type of content is relevant at that moment and uh, mm. do, do you kind of get that idea i think so i think um mainly in in any space it's important to be of quality be a quality person so yes you can know how to do um i don't know you, you may know how to edit videos but can you edit them so that they're very like quality um and so i think the blogging that i had started when i was quite young um i think that helped me because i started you know writing um i had an opinion i had something to say and that was the root of everything that i wanted to go into um that helped me grow because I started to realize like, I mean, when you like writing is like a muscle, you know, you have to continue to do it so that you can train it so that it becomes better. And that made me of quality online because I learned how to write online. Um, instead of just learning how to write in print, I started learning how to write for an online audience. And that's definitely pulled me and pushed me a little bit. And well, it pushed me a little bit into the positions that I'm in and it definitely helped me, to get to where I am today. So I, I still think that blogging or doing something on your own space um, digitally is important because then you don't lose your individuality and then you don't forget what else you're interested in and what else you're good at. Um, because when you, when you sit into it, when you walk into a career, when you walk into a job, you start focusing just on that job. And it's, I think it's important to remember your individuality, like the blogs that you're doing, like the photography that you're doing, like any creative thing that you're doing. It is so important to keep that going and to keep that up because you will easily forget that working for another company. Yeah, and the quality, like you've stated, the quality also needs to, needs to be there. And I think people don't understand the importance of that too. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's interesting. All right, so let's talk about uh, what, Kanye, uh, how do you envision yourself in the next five years? Do you think uh, you're going to stick into the digital, digital editing space? Do you think you're going you're gonna to try something new? Do you think you could end up in a strip club? What, what, what do you think you're going to do? <laughs> the strip club idea might be fun. I don't know if I can work at home, but like... <laughs> yeah. Um, I love this question. Like, I get asked it a lot, especially when you work in digital. Everyone's like, what are you going to do in the next crazy. five years? I... I want to be honest and I want everyone to be honest to everyone who works in digital. I want to say, I don't know because, and that's the best answer you can give because you don't know what's coming in the future. There is a job that doesn't exist yet. That's waiting for you. Or you might still be a digital editor. I don't know. And I'm open to that flexibility, but I definitely want to keep up writing and I definitely want to keep up, you know, continuously learning about the digital space. So that's as far as an answer I can give you. Maybe I'll write a book. I don't know. 
eventually yeah hopefully <laughs> Kanye, this has been nothing but amazing i think if there's anything um if anything you're gonna you're probably gonna blossom even more um and i think you. you're doing something right and i think more people just need to know your story and i'm happy that i broke the ice because um my first episode <laughs> with you has been phenomenal and I'm, I'm just really happy i've no doubt that you're gonna do you're gonna be doing big things man and this is just the beginning so cheers thank you so much thank you so much and keep believing in digital